As the coronavirus pandemic continues to throw down challenges threatening our mental health, we've picked up various coping mechanisms. And yes, while the overeating, upped drinking, marathon animal crossing sessions, obsessive cleaning, and more overeating does take some of the edge off, the latest science confirms yet again why exercise is one of the best tools in our arsenal. New evidence suggests working out helps us cope with stress down the line, arming us with increased mental strength and making us more resilient. And for people with greater levels of reward processing, it's been crucial for reducing depression symptoms. So if you impulse bought a new Peloton or managed to snatch up the last overpriced kettlebell on Amazon, you're onto something. Putting them to use can help you feel strong physically, and your mental health will thank you too. Welcome to the Abstract Podcast from Inverse. I'm Tanya Bustos, your host. Our first story is about how exercise can help treat depression, especially in people with certain brain signals. With the latest data adding to a growing body of evidence, researchers remain hopeful about harnessing exercise as an antidepressant down the line. Our second story reveals how exercise actually strengthens the brain's resilience to stress. Through a better understanding of its biological impact, experts show how exercise does a lot more than make you sweat out feel-good chemicals. This is The Abstract. Look at the latest scientific discoveries and technology innovations from the reporters at Inverse. In each episode, we explore a single theme through two different stories. Up now, how regular exercise may reduce depression if your brain works in one specific way. COVID-19 is creating a lot of mental health stress. I want to take a moment to discuss the psychological impact of a virus. Talking to a psychiatrist about how you should be caring for your own mental health. During the stressful COVID-19 pandemic. It's not just your physical health, all the stress. Coping with the stress. It's stressful times like these. Not alone if you're overwhelmed by the coronavirus. Our new life in the wake of COVID-19 leaves many of us in fear of the unknown or in a state of stress brought on by close living quarters and supermarket hoarders. In fact, the pursuit of toilet paper has pushed some of us over the edge. That was a fight over toilet paper. The coping strategies of days past, shopping outbursts aside, may be ill-suited to handle our brand new environment. Many are struggling with the anxiety of the unknown as things remain uncertain, and thus stress becomes a daily new fixture in our lives. In a recent study from North Carolina State University, researchers learned that perhaps the best way to tackle your daily stress triggers involves the use of two key strategies, proactive coping and mindfulness. Both these tricks work together to create an enhanced coping mechanism that, if balanced correctly, can successfully ward off excess stress and anxiety. Here to break it all down for us is Mind and Body Editor Sarah Sloat. Hey, Sarah. Hey, how's it going? I'm good. I'm, I'm trying to be in the moment. I, I actually am trying to practice mindfulness. I think a lot of people recognize it. It's become a bit of a trend as of late. In general, people are more hip to the concept of being aware. It's an age-old philosophy that's only recently been embraced by, I guess, maybe the Western world. But what kind of science or research backs this concept up as of late? Is there much? Yeah, the world of mindfulness is a complicated one. Concepts that underlie mindfulness aren't anything new. They're a, It's essentially a Buddhist-inspired collection of practices. But in the past two decades, what's changed is that scientists are paying more and more attention to these practices, this idea of focusing on the present. And in turn, there's been a plethora of studies that have been conducted. But there's more 
are complications there. You know, some reviews have found that not all of these studies have been conducted in the best way. And so, you know, I think that mindfulness has become a bit of a catch-all that has some real science that could really boost it. Um, But it is important to take some claims with a grain of salt. That said, the studies that have, that are robust and have examined it, they define the practice as present moment awareness. And present moment awareness in turn has been linked to a number of positive effects, including stress and chronic pain reduction, as well as providing a boost to overall well-being. So the second strategy is um, proactive coping. Might be a little less familiar to folks. How does this concept work? So while mindfulness brings non-judgmental awareness to the present, you know, it involves accepting the here and now, proactive coping involves working to reduce the likelihood of experiencing future stress. In turn, um, studies show that people who do more proactive coping, like visualizing their dreams and trying to achieve them, tend to encounter fewer stressful experiences. So it's making a plan for the future in a smart and proactive way. Probably difficult to do these days, considering we're all just kind of a little, you know, uncertain about the future. Yes, like we are living in very different times right now. But proactive coping, in turn, could be something like making a rainy day fund or making sure that you stocked up on Tylenol. You know, there are small steps you could take that make you feel like you're you're in control. But about this study, how did researchers? come to find that these were the two key ways, these two strategies are the the ones that work? Yes. What the lead researcher and her team did was look at the data of 223 study participants. They were asked to fill in surveys detailing how often they practice mindfulness or proactive coping over the course of eight consecutive days. And when they looked at all of these surveys, they saw that on average, Proactive coping did help limit the effects of daily stressors, but, and this is like the big but, but that positive effect didn't show up on days when the participants reported low levels of mindfulness, leading to the idea that it's a combination of mindfulness and proactive coping that leads to resilience. And in looking at your piece, this study highlights the real tension that humans experience in striking that balance, balancing plans for the future while at the same time living in the moment. Is that the big takeaway here, that if we can strike this balance, we're on our way to some stress relief. Exactly. What the lead author told me is that you could try to balance future-oriented and present-oriented thinking by, you know, proactively looking for those future stressors, thinking about how they're going to affect your life, but also when those daily stressors do inevitably show up, being able to mindfully attend to the present is probably the best thing to do. So you hinted at a couple of ways we can use this in our new everyday life with regards to planning, but how can we further really embrace the concept of using these two strategies day to day? Any tips? Yeah. Something that the lead author really emphasized to me is that there should not be one one size fits all coping solution. You know, everyone should be encouraged to f- try various coping techniques. You find what works for you and then you could experiment. But that said, there are ways that you could take the findings of this study and apply them to your life. You know, it really comes down to matching coping strategies with the demands of your 
situation. So I think here it's a mix of, okay, you know, many things in life feel uncontrollable, but that doesn't mean I actually don't have control. You know, you could stock up on your two weeks of groceries, you know, you can make sure that the kids have their study plans ready for the day. So you can in turn, like find your own time to do your work. But all that said, you have to also practice mindfulness, which is trying not to succumb to anxieties and fears about the future, about thinking about your present, thinking about taking things one step at a time. And and like we've been talking about striking a balance between being prepared, but also not being overwhelmed. You can read more of Sarah's article at inverse.com. Thanks so much, Sarah. Of course. Thank you. In a recent study conducted on mice, researchers came one step closer to pinning down exactly how working out modulates stress in the brain and body. Up next, the one type of exercise that increases stress resilience. studies for mental stress relief. Can exercise improve your brain's resilience? Learning how to incorporate exercise into our day without making it feel stressful. Today I'd like to talk about resilience and share an exercise. The sense of calm and well-being. Regular exercise seems to change your overall emotional state. You can see a huge difference in attitude. Cooling the fire of the heart. How does this help to reduce stress? That's good exercise gets rid of stress. 2020 has been a banner year for stress, to put it mildly. It's times like these when people turn to exercise to blow off frustrations, shake off fears, and sweat out that daily dose of nervous energy. Despite years of anecdotal evidence, the link between working out and relieving stress wasn't well understood by scientists. However, an August 2020 study in the Journal of Neuroscience brings us one step closer to that understanding. In an effort to show how exercise influences stress levels, food consumption, cognition, and mood, researchers tweaked the levels of the brain protein galanin in mice. They found that this shift lowered their anxious response to stress. They essentially pinned down the biological mechanism driving exercise's positive effects on stress. And in doing so, they landed on some practical advice for anyone looking to get these benefits. That advice? Perform regular aerobic exercise. Based on these results, a history of more exercise increases behavioral resilience after stress exposure and doesn't affect the immediate physiological response, such as a release of cortisol. This could ultimately suggest that increased exercise doesn't impact our immediate feelings of stress, but does allow us to cope with stress in a healthier way. More human data is needed to figure out exactly what type or how much exercise confers this stress resilience effect. However, here to explain what we do know and how you can incorporate these findings into your daily stress-fighting routine is Inverse's Ali Patillo. Hey, Ali. Hey, Tanya. You know, I think anyone who exercises, we all know that the effect was there, but we didn't quite see the direct link, science didn't at least, between exercise and stress. So how does the latest get us closer to understanding the connection? What did it tell us? Yeah, so you're totally right. Scientists and just everyday people have known for decades Um, that exercise influences stress and mental health, and mostly by increasing endorphins, improving sleep. It helps people honestly just zone out from their problems and shake off their worries. It can help you kind of dissipate your nervous energy before a stressful meeting or a test. 
But what scientists haven't understood about working out and stress is how it actually functions in the brain from kind of a mechanistic sense. And according to this recent study, exercise actually strengthens the brain's resilience to stress. And it does that by enabling an uptick in this neural protein called galanin, which influences stress levels, food consumption, cognition, and mood. Interesting. So enter the mice. Uh, How did the team experiment on these mice to assess how these brain functions work during exercise? Yeah, so obviously it's pretty difficult to peer into the brains of humans. So researchers used mice models, which are a common stand-in for people in clinical research. And they had half of the mice um, have free access to an exercise wheel in their cage. They could run as much as they wanted, while other mice had no running wheel. Um, So those mice were effectively sedentary. Um, So mice with the running wheel steadily increased their running distance over the first week. And on average, they ran about 10 to 16 kilometers per day. Um, And over three weeks, researchers tracked that physical activity. Then the researchers measured the mice's kind of anxiety-like behaviors after different stressful events, and particularly a foot shock test. They then analyzed the levels of galanin in the brain and pinned down the source of that galanin. So the key understanding seems to be the function of resilience. How does this stress resilience mechanism work in general? Can you give us a little bit more on uh, the whole process? Yeah, so what the, the researchers found was that mice who exercised showed less anxious behavior after the stressful event compared to mice that didn't exercise, which isn't an entirely surprising finding. But exercising mice also had elevated levels of galanin in a part of their brain or part of their brain stem called the locus coeruleus. Um, and that's involved in the stress response. So they think that galanin is kind of this pivotal system through which exercise is relieving stress. And also, interestingly, the amount of time the mice spent exercising correlated with the amount of galanin in this particular area of the brain stem, which then correlated to the degree of stress resilience. So then, based on those initial findings, the researchers actually genetically increased galanin in mice that didn't exercise, in sedentary mice. And this actually transferred the kind of beneficial stress resilience effects of exercise to these inactive mice without ever having them run on the wheel. Interestingly, it's important to note that it was a history of increased exercise didn't necessarily affect kind of the immediate physiological response to a stressful event, like the release of a stress hormone like cortisol. But instead, it actually increased behavioral resilience after stress exposure. And that's something that could happen over days and weeks. Um, So the idea is that over time, habitual exercise builds your stress resilience and helps you cope with stressful events down the line. Wow. So, I mean, that's a big deal. It seems like it could be really effective. Could these systems be zeroed in on again for future therapies then? That that seems like it, it would be a no-brainer. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's the idea. I think obviously this research was conducted in mice, so we need to see if the same galanin system is happening in people. But if further human experience confirmed the findings, it could mean that we could hijack the galanin system and help people who aren't able to work out get some of those stress resilience benefits. 
And that would be a huge, huge game changer um, for people who may, might be elderly, who are not physically able to go for a bike ride, to go for a run. And it's a really, yeah, it's a really amazing and promising idea. I think that we have a long way to go to bring that idea into clinical practice. So until then, how could we take this evidence, you know, hack it into our everyday fitness and wellness routine? Did the team advise on how we can get the most benefit in the present day? Yeah. So since the studies haven't been completed in humans, this is still an open question. There isn't a workout for stress necessarily based on science. But the researchers did say that based on these findings and based on other research on stress and exercise, um, they do have a few really specific recommendations. And they suggest performing regular aerobic exercise. Um, So they think that aerobic exercise like walking, running, biking, swimming, they think that probably has a greater effect on stress resilience than non-aerobic exercise like weightlifting. They think that exercise needs to be routine, completed a a few times a week. You know, they didn't say it was super helpful to cram in, you know, a high intensity workout or long run before a stressful event. That isn't likely to be as helpful as, you know, regularly hiking or going on the elliptical. And all in all, I think this all just proves to say that increasing our resilience to stress is just another reason on the long list of reasons to work out and sweat to both improve our physical and our mental health. Absolutely. We will leave it on that note. That's really good information. Ali Patillo, thank you so much. Thanks, Tanya. Head to Inverse.com to read more about the scientific links to exercise and mental health. You can click on the link in the show notes for all stories we talked about today. If you agree that science and facts matter more than ever, give us a rating and review on iTunes to help more people find The Abstract and other podcasts like it. New episodes of The Abstract are released three times a week. Find old episodes and more original reporting on science, innovation, culture, and entertainment at Inverse.com. Look for The Abstract Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or whichever podcast app you use. For Inverse, I'm Tanya Bustos. Thanks for listening.